Well, this is new. Hi, this is Adam Beasley here at the PFN Miami Dolphins podcast. Uh, no David Bierman this week. No Matthew Infante this week. They both have abandoned me. So we've gone outside. Actually, we've expanded the PFN family and brought in the one, the only, Dolph Freaky. Thank you, Adam. It's such a pleasure, really, just to be a, a part of this network that I have used as a resource so many times. And, you know, this network is just incredible and, you know, just so conclusive and awesome. And just thank you so much for the opportunity. So, hey, guys, fins up. <laughs> I appreciate her name is Allie Goodman, by the way. You can see behind her is her real name. Dolph Freaky is what probably the vast majority of Dolphins fans know her by. You were the 2022 fan of the year. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, it was such an honor. <laughs> Well, what did that all entail? So the, uh, people who aren't familiar with the fan of the year process, um, you know, for people out there who are kind of curious, basically there's a nomination process that goes on. And so um, it starts about August and people can just kind of nominate themselves or nominate people that they feel are worthy of the title of fan of the year. And so uh, somehow I managed to get 700 nominations and ultimately then it comes down to the Dolphins. And this, this happens for every team in the NFL. So every team picks their representative. And so the Dolphins picked me in 2020. Um, and it was just incredible, you know, to represent the fans and to be able to go to the Super Bowl as the fan of the year and have this all inclusive trip. It was just something I'll never forget. And just really, you know, it's an honor that continues to carry on, you know, being a part of the fan of the years is a, you know, it's an exclusive group and I'm the only woman in this group so far. So it's just been amazing connecting with all of the fans of the year around the NFL. So you're kind of for like your Miss America, right? You go on the Grand Tour. <laughs> Did you get a crown? Not a crown per se, but I got Super Bowl tickets and all, ex you know, all expenses paid, which is pretty awesome, you know, considering how much that's worth. And um, I feel like I have a crown. So <laughs> it's it's pre pretty awesome, honestly. You know, there's been a lot of perks and I've got to meet a lot of players and coaches. And, you know, it's been um, an overwhelming experience, but just just so, so, so awesome. Um. You always been a Dolphins fan? I have. I mean, I became a fan probably in like 1999. I was nine years old. So, I mean, I can't really say I was born a Dolphin fan, but I was definitely raised a Dolphin fan through and through. And that's all thanks to my father. So we grew up in Pennsylvania. He was a diehard. You know, the Dolphins were amazing while he was growing up. And my great, great grandfather is from Miami. And so he was, you know, going to the games in Miami. And so he started doing the same things for us. And so once a year, we'd come down, we'd see a game and get the full experience. And I just got sucked in so incredibly hard at that point that I was like, you know what, once I get, you know, once I get through pharmacy school, I'm going to go, I'm going to move down to Florida. I need my season tickets. And I just want to be as involved in the team and the fans and the whole, you know, I wanted the whole experience. So I'm finally, <laughs> finally doing it. <laughs> Uh, you're from PA. I'm from PA as well. Where oh, are you? Mm -hmm. So I'm from Easton, Allentown area, and my husband's from Nazareth. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia. I went to the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy. So I lived in the city, you know, for six years. And so I've, I've dealt with my share of the Eagles fans harassing me for, you know, a good part of my my life. <laughs> so finally, I'm I'm in Naples, Florida now, and you know, closer to where the action is. <laughs> I uh, grew up in Harrisburg, but uh, okay. my, my family now is a place in the Poconos. So I know yes. the Allentown, Nazareth area very, very well. Oh, yes. We love to go to the Poconos. And we used to have a cabin up there. And, we, you know, my Jared's grandparents owned the cabin. And it's not in the family anymore, but we still love to go up there. It's very beautiful. Yeah. I escape the South Florida heat every summer for yes. a month and go up to PA. Yes. <laughs> um, 
what what has so you've been a Dolphins fan since not two, what 1999 so what is yeah. that 25 years yeah How almost 24 years like basically that year that I became a fan was the last time we had a playoff win mm. so I feel like this is all partially my fault <laughs> have you um, <laughs> uh, have you found have you found it hard to keep the faith it is hard to keep the faith you know it's it's tough and, and I know there's people who've been keeping the faith a lot longer than I have and I'm that ever positive fan and I feel like every year like I find ways to like get myself ramped up as we get into the season you know now we've got the combine coming the draft and everything's getting exciting again and so it, it always restores my faith I go into a little bit of a depression you know towards the end of the season and especially lately you know we've been making it to the playoffs and then you know just kind of missing it and it I put it I go into a depression for like a month and then I'm like ready to get back at it and I start to get excited again um but yeah I mean being a young fan like it just you kind of you know you're just always grasping it you know when can we get a playoff win when can we win the AFC East when can we get a Super Bowl it's just that's what keeps me going you know there's there's always that end point that you know I'm trying to reach here (laughs) what's got you encouraged about 2024 you know I feel like we have so much talent we have so 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 much talent um and it you know, this is a team that not only the team and, you know, the coaches are just all so motivated to win. They know that they have to start winning now. You know, we're, Tyreek said it himself, like we're out of excuses. Like now's the time. Let's get it done. And I feel that like I feel like we're all on the same page. And I feel like now we finally have the talent and the means to, to get it done. You want to talk some hardcore football for the next 20 minutes or so? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, it's it's crazy. Um, you you might not be. Well, you, I, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, tell me if you are or you're not. Are you? dialed in day to day on the Dolphins news? Do you wake up every morning, check Twitter, you know, check your favorite websites and and get fully informed? Or are you more at the like 40,000 feet, you know, vantage point where tell me if something big happens? It's so tricky now because my feed is cluttered, like cluttered and cluttered and cluttered um, with all the things fans are doing. And I try to stay informed on everything Dolphins. So I have my notifications that pop up. I'm always informed about definitely anything big happening. And then, you know, I watch podcasts. I, you know, I, I research, um, especially like this time of year where, you know, we're getting into the combine, you know, we're starting to look at these new guys that are coming into the NFL and I am not a huge, you know, college football person. So for me, I got to like study these guys. I have to, if if I'm going to talk about it, I need to study. (laughs) So I really get into the combine. I love watching that. Um, I love going to the draft. I'm going to go to Detroit this year. Um, And so now is the time where, you know, it's not, for me, I do need to like get back to my family because they miss me during the season and I need to get back to work. So I can't be as involved, but I mean, <laughs> compared to the average bear, like Dolph Freaky is very much <laughs> invested yeah. in, this, in these fins. And so it never stops. You know, my phone is constantly going off with Dolphin news. <laughs> All right. So we try to get into the nitty gritty on this podcast. Whatever you want to contribute, contribute. Yeah. If you think I'm an idiot, tell me that everyone <laughs> does. So it, it won't be unique. Uh, I can take it. I'm a big boy, but uh, let's let's talk some Dolphins football. And yeah, you, you mentioned the combine. It's it's right around the corner. I think my flight is uh, Monday morning. Uh, okay. I'll be out in Indianapolis next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll hear from um, certainly Mike McDaniel and perhaps Chris Greer as well. Um, for those that aren't aware, the combine is crazy. Beyond having the top 250 or, or whatever NFL prospects uh, there working out, meeting with teams, meeting with the media, it's also an enormous Job fair is not ready to put it, but it's a convention for the people in charge. Every GM's there, every owner's there, uh, and the vast majority of them speak to the media. So we'll have a chance to talk to Mike McDaniel for the first time since 
a lot of things have happened and there's a lot of things about to happen. I mean, free agency is, I think, three weeks from today. At the start of free agency, the franchise tag window opened yesterday. The Dolphins, obviously, Christian Wilkins is their number one question. What are they going to do with him in free agency? He's on the PFN top 100 free agent list, number six overall. That shows you the kind of value we have for him. I'm sure the league does as well. Um, the Dolphins have been a team that have gone on spending sprees. They've loved the last couple of years to get these big high-priced players and, and load up with their quarterback to a tongue by low on those rookie deal, they have the financial wherewithal to be able to go and get those guys. Unfortunately, Allie, uh, the bill is about to come due for this team because the salary cap is real. I don't care what people say. It's not fake. It is real. And there are real consequences, maybe not in every, any particular year, but holistically it's real. Uh, the dolphins are be somewhere between 45 and $52 million over the cap, uh, depending on what, that number is that's we're, we're taping this on February 21st as of 10 18 AM East coast time on the 21st. We don't know what the cap is going to be. Um, there were some reports this week that it might be as high as 250 million, which is a big bump. It's up $25 million yeah. uh, year over year. That would certainly help uh, the dolphins uh, because as I said, they're well over. Uh, and I think the estimates are between 240, 245 250 would be the high end of the estimate, so that would give them a little bit more leeway. But look, they're still massively over the cap, and they have a Christian Wilkins problem, right? They're, he is the heart and soul of their defense. He's one of the team leaders. He's an indispensable part of this, this franchise, and he's about to get paid. Uh, a bit, bit of backstory on Christian Wilkins. Uh, he is entering – he just finished his fifth year. He had his fifth-year option, so his contract, contract expires when the year, league year – begins and ends uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, the tag for the tag number for him is huge, right? It's $21 million. Yeah. If you're already 50, $52 million over the cap, that's hard to swallow and go other places. For the Dolphins, I guess the, the number one priority would be get him done on a long-term deal to bring down that number to help their finances in the short term and keep him around long-term. Uh, but what would you do if you were the Dolphins? If you had all these problems and you had, you, you know, I guess Barry Jackson reported that Teron Armstead will be back next year, which is great because they get their left tackle back, but it's also, a, you know, another financial concern that they have. How important to you is keeping Christian Wilkins uh, as a member of the Miami Dolphins? I think it's massively important. Like we've all seen what type of leader he is, what type of uh, mentality he brings for this team. Um, the type of production that he's had has been incredible this last year. So, you know, he knew that he was playing you know, playing for keeps at this point. So he went all out this season. And I really think the Dolphins need to do what they can, you know, to, you know, if even say it's a 20, $21 million cap hit, I think we can unload a couple players, you know, perhaps um, Xavier Howard is the biggest, you know, cap hit that we're looking at. Oh, you're getting ahead of our show here, Allie. That's we're going to get cut her. This is what the fans are, you know, man, this is what they're chopping it up out there on Twitter. So we all, <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are on the same page when it comes to, you know, possibly unloading Howard. Um, but like, I can see how we can make this work. You know, say we do pay out for Christian. Um, we could definitely make it work. It's going to take, <laughs> it's going to take a lot, but at least having that, you know, potential $250, uh, $250 million cap, you know, that definitely helps a lot. And that, that enables us to keep Christian Wilkins. Yeah, it, it certainly helps. I think one thing working the Dolphins advantage is this uh, one, they already have Zach Steeler under contract. So it's not like the defensive tackle position would be completely barren mm -hmm. uh, if what Wilkins walked uh, Two, there's some really good defensive tackles that should be available in free agency. I don't think they're going to have a shot 
at the Chris Joneses of the world. I mean, he's, his contract is going to come in even bigger, assuming the Chiefs let him walk, come in even bigger than Wilkins' expected deal will. Uh, Justin Matabuke, people have kind of tied him to the Dolphins because Anthony Weaver is the new defensive coordinator, and, and, and Matabuke was a star for him uh, in Baltimore the last couple of years. He is, as well or too, is too expensive. Leonard Williams is a guy that's been around for a while. He's going to have a big number as well. But you get past that top tier, Allie, and, and there really are some some value plays. DJ Reader, Cincinnati legend, maybe he wants to get a fresh start out of the Bengals and with a little bit more money. I don't think Fletcher Cox is a free agent's a possibility. I think it's Philadelphia or bust for him. Grover Stewart, you know, Colts guy, kind of a workman like Sheldon Rankins. There are names out there that are, would be much cheaper than Wilkins. So there, there is a way, I don't know if the squeeze is the right word, but to keep their options open. I think priority number one for the Dolphins would be to keep Christian Wilkins. Okay. Uh, but it's got to work financially. And it's a, you know, it's a 53 man roster and they're, you know, what do they want to be? I guess is the question. They want to totally load up on defense because they have a lot of money on that side of the ball now. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about two in a second, but he's his contract by all you know by all uh, signs is going to get done this offseason. Yeah. So there are a lot of balls they're juggling right now. So many um, balls being juggled. Not to mention twenty nine free agents for the Dolphins. <laughs> oh, thank God it's not my job to do all that <laughs> negotiating. Well, you, you mentioned that big number. I think there really are four or five priority ones yes, that you have to worry sure. about and, and and Wilkins is number one certainly but Robert Hunt Connor Williams Andrew Van Ginkle all have expiring contracts all could be on new teams in 2024 uh the Dolphins my guess is aren't going to lose all of them won't lose all four Wilkins Hunt Van Ginkle or Williams but they're going to lose at least one and maybe multiple so let's let's put Wilkins to the side now because that's such a thorny topic but Robert Hunt, Andrew Van Ginkle, or Connor Williams, who is the biggest priority re-sign after Christian Wilkins in your mind? I feel like Andrew Van Ginkle is the biggest priority, and we've seen how productive he was. And you also hear all this chatter around the NFL about how other teams are like, if only we can get our hands on Andrew Van Ginkle. And it makes me sick to my stomach to think about losing him, especially to anyone else in the AFC East. You know, I hear that the Patriots are looking at him. And it's so, you know, it's one of those things where – like he's another heart and soul player and so, so productive this year. What he had six sacks, 42 tackles. Amazing. Like, so we're, we need to try to keep Andrew Van Ginkle. So I guess it all depends on, and I think he would come in, he would come in cheaper than Wilkins. So, you know, it'd be worth trying to make sure that he stays. Yeah. He'd come in substantially cheaper with Wilkins. And there's something else to consider that we haven't talked about beyond just, Hey, Andrew Van Ginkle was important for this team. The Dolphins pass rushers are all hurt. Right, every single one of those guys finished the season on injured reserve, including Van Gink. On yeah. his injury is not nearly as severe as Jalen Phillips and, and Bradley Chubb, but Phillips and Chubb, they're no guarantee to be ready for the start of the season. So you think, you know, at some point the wall be back, but if you're going into week one, you need to have a legit pass rusher, probably two, yeah. um, on your team ready to roll in case those guys aren't ready. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I think he he probably is the most important. Uh, but I maybe Connor Williams is 1A and 1B because we saw how that offense kind of fell apart after Williams got hurt um, last year. He's got a torn ACL. Uh, the rehab from that's about nine months. So, the, you know, the, the, he should be okay for the start of the season. Um, I don't think the ACL is going to have a significant dampering impact on his, his marketability. I think he is going to have uh, people out there buying for his services. I think the Dolphins would love to have him back, but I don't think they're going to have him back on some huge pennies in the dollar discount, maybe a little bit because of the injury. But um, 
they need a center. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, it sounds like Teron Armstead will be back. But, okay, so you have your tackles. You have Armstead and Austin Jackson. But in the middle, it's just question mark after question mark. All three starters across the middle, Isaiah Wynn, who we've completely forgotten about, by the way, because he hasn't played in four yeah. months, <laughs> five months. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, Connor Williams, um, and Robert Hunt are all free agents. There's not, they're not going to be able to keep all those guys. My guess is they're going to they're going to address it in free agency, but they're really going to address it in the draft. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we've talked about the Dolphins' free agents. We have not yet talked about. Well, you kind of spoiled it a little bit here, Goodman. Are right? you kind of spoiled it a little bit? But we were going to play cutter keep. Oh, I'm going to have you ask me a name, and if I think the Dolphins will cut or keep him, you want to do that? Sure, let's do it. All right. Okay. Start, start with who? Uh, let's start with Emmanuel Agba. Oh, come on. Cut or keep. The easiest one possible? Yes. He. Well, actually. Is it the easiest one possible? It would have been by far the easiest one possible if Vic Fangio was still the the defensive coordinator and if uh, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips were both still healthy. I still think he's a pretty obvious cut. His, you know, productivity did not match his salary. He was last year, believe it or not, the highest paid player on the team. Uh, I think he is a pretty easy cut cut uh he's owed 15.8 million dollars in cash none of that is guaranteed okay essentially his entire cap number will disappear and that's a huge cap number 17.7 million dollars i'm putting agba down as a cut okay um hmm okay (laughs) xavier howard oh xavier howard that's a great question well if you checked his instagram feed yesterday he's essentially some could say he's saying his goodbyes basically what was it an usher quote that he had that uh, sometimes you have to go elsewhere for people to appreciate how good you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a great sign. And look, yeah, maybe Howard understand his mentality. He's not going to take a pay cut. He still thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah. And he was really good in 2023. Let's not kid ourselves, but his interception numbers are way down. Like what's made him an elite cornerback is his playmaking ability. He had just two interceptions total 2022, 2023. That is not, justifiable no. uh, with that salary. I mean, his, he, he's owed $18.5 million in cash, $25.9 million in cap. Um, I think he's a cut. Now, the, the issue is that you can't just lop that cap number off with his contract. There's a lot of guarantees and restructures that are going to uh, make it a painful cut for the Dolphins, but I think they'll do it post-June 1. It'll free up, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of ten to fifteen million dollars that they can use to sign their draft picks. I am going cut with Xavier Howard. Okay. Um, let's see. Okay, we talked a little bit about Armstead. Cut or keep? Well, uh, just because Tron Armstead wants to return to the Miami Dolphins doesn't necessarily mean he will at his current salary. Uh, he's owed fourteen point five million dollars in cash this year. He has a twenty point eight million dollar cap number. The Dolphins can reduce that. Pretty significantly by cutting him. I think what the uh, I'm going to go off the board here. I think what the ultimate solution will be is they and the, he and the Dolphins will work out something that lowers his cap number, maybe lowers the cash he makes a little bit, gives them some relief because look, they're going to need to draft offensive line. They are. Uh, he has only played. I'm going to go back and look at the number because I don't have it off hand, but I think he's missed double digit games total over the last two seasons due to injury. Injury. That's a lot of money to pay. Certainly when he's a two-time Pro Bowler as a Dolphin, I think a lot of that's reputation. But even still, mm-hmm. when he was on the field, he was really good. But you can't pay that kind of money to someone um, who who just can't count on. So m- my guess is he will be keep, 
but at a reduced salary. Okay. Fair enough. Um, okay. How about our buddy Jerome Baker? Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for Bake because that guy was a warrior this year. I mean, he came all the way back from what we thought. We, we saw it at Jets game. He t- took a hit to the side of the knee. I thought he was done for the season. Yeah. He only missed four games and then couldn't survive the game back and had was like an arm injury. I have wrist mm-hmm. injury, I believe. Yeah. Just really feel bad for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if he would be willing to take a pay cut, I could see him coming back. But if he's not, he's owed $11 million in cash. He's got a cap number of $14.9 million. The Dolphins need to clear out a lot of that. So I think he will be like Armstead. The Dolphins will approach him. Uh, about some sort of pay cut or restructure, but if it doesn't happen, I, I think he gets cut. Okay. How'd you like that game? Was it fun? It was fun. Like I, I want to do it with the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> how How about we play another game? Okay. Uh, restructure or let it ride. And this okay. game, this game, Allie, is we have players that we know are going to be on the team in 2024, right. and okay. barring a trade, like barring something crazy, um, but they are cornerstone franchise players that are going to be on the roster in 2024. The problem is, is they've got a lot like big, big cap liabilities and the way uh, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but the way they can reduce that number is with what's called a restructure Mm -hmm. and say, if you have a, you know, a $30 million cap figure uh, in 2024, but a lot of that's because of a $25 million base salary. You can convert that base salary down to the league minimum, which is a million, million and a half, something like that, and spread out the other $24 million from an accounting standpoint. They'll still get that money in 2024, but if there's three years left in this deal, it's taking that other $24 million and spreading it out over the four years evenly. So instead of a $30 million cap figure, it's more like seven or eight. And so that's how that's how they're going to go about creating cap space. It's it really is inside baseball. It's 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 basically accounting one hundred and one, but it's the way that yeah, well, I know it's tough, but it's it's it's, it's it's the way it's the way when people say the salary cap isn't real, right? It is because you're every dime that you actually spend and cash is the king in the NFL. Every dime you spend in cash will be accounted for at some point throughout the course of the life of that contract. What this does is, hey, if you've got a bunch of big cap numbers this year. You can lower them, and it's like you and I do at Christmas time. Load up the credit card now and pay it off January, February, March. Right? That's you know that's that's life in the NFL. Um, so there are three players in, I have in mind that have big, big base salaries in 2024, and they have big cap numbers too. And for if the Dolphins are going to get the uh, probably 75 million dollars of cap relief they need, they're going to have to do some of these restructurings. So you're talking about somebody like, you know, Tyreek Hill, for instance, who we know is coming back without a doubt, you know, probably has a big contract and then you can restructure it down so that it's not such a cap hit this year and you can spread it out. But do you think that somebody like Tyreek is willing to, you know, restructure for the betterment of the team like that? Uh, I I think it's a no brainer for him as a player because a, yes, you make the team better, but B it doesn't hurt him financially. In fact, it helps him because what they'll do is they will convert he's due $19.7 million in base salary. And we were going to have him the first of restructure or let it ride. He is a restructure in my mind because um, you you take that $19.7 million and you make it a signing bonus. So he gets paid March 1st, 18 million bucks instead of having to wait throughout the course of the football season, earning one seventeenth of that, 
eating a million dollars a week, essentially, over the course mm-hmm. of the season. So it's a no-brainer for the players because it's cash in their pocket immediately that they can invest, maybe have some bills to take care of. They're able to they're able to use money that they wouldn't see for another six months now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, I, I can't remember a player in the history of the game that said no to a new a restructure that hasn't reduced his salary. Now, if you're mm-hmm. asking him to take a pay cut, he's going to say, huh, I've got guaranteed oh, money. I'm not, yeah. not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes. Tyreek Hill's uh, $19.7 million base salary, I do reduce it. I, 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 I restructure it. I create $17, $18 million of cap space. Now, there's a real possibility he's not on the team in 2025, and that's a conversation for another day. But his salary is so large that I think, yes, you have to restructure. Okay. So who else do you, do you see restructuring happening or otherwise? Well, I think Bradley Chubb is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, his base salary is $19.8 million. I think that will come down significantly. Un- unlike Tyreek, I think Chubb is here for multiple years beyond this year. So he is the safest of them all. Okay. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, got, I think we have one more. And Jalen Ramsey is the third one that we talked about. And that's, to me, that's a little trickier. Uh, he's got his, his base salary is only $14.5 million. If they have to do it, they can. But I think they would prefer – look, the guy's 30 years old now. There is some, you know, science that you get over 30 and there's some, you know, your your talents to, you know, diminish some. I don't think Jalen Rams is there. I think he's coming the whole way back from that knee injury. But I – if I can, I would would hold tight on Ramsey uh, because I don't think he has that much long left in his contract anyway. I think he's got to – I have to go look it up, but – it wouldn't. It wouldn't give you as much. It, it it would make 2025 a lot more painful. So the two I would restructure absolutely Tyreek Hill and Bradley Chubb, and I would find a way not to restructure Ramsey if possible. But they might just have to do it. And the restructuring and like getting the team to be under cap needs to happen. You know, prior to the start of the new NFL year, was that March 13th? It has to happen prior to that. Yeah, it is. Okay. I believe it's three weeks from today, which would be March the 13th. Okay, so we're going to be expecting some sort of action in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Or Franchi- else the franchise tag has to happen soon. Yeah, well, right. You know, this is a very, very important next couple of weeks uh, for the Dolphins because, A, they have to get their books in order, and B, they're, look, the, the dirty little secret about uh, the, the combine is this. Uh, that's the start of free agency. You have every owner and every agent are at the combine. They're all having meetings day in, day out, uh, well into the evening. Uh, to try to figure out, hey, who can we afford? So it's like it's like soft negotiation, and you get a feel of what the market will be. There's no way, like if if you if you watch how these free agent signings are announced, you're not supposed to have. They call it the legal tampering period. You're not supposed to talk to anyone who you don't have control of their their rights to. Like so, anyone who's not in your under contract to your team, you're not allowed to talk to their agent without their other their current team's permission mm-hmm. until that legal legal tampering period begins. But here, here's what's crazy, Allie. So the legal, legal tampering period will begin at noon on Monday the 11th. By 12.10, you'll have 17 contracts negotiated and, and not signed, but agreed Wild. to. There's no <laughs> way that can happen without tampering happening well before. Right. And so it, it's already begun, I think, on a soft level, but really it'll ramp up next week. Okay. And that's where I'll be. We had we had a bunch of guys that I was going to just run through. We talked to some of the defensive tackle ish, uh, possibilities. I, you know, I we can talk tight ends, we can talk guards, we can take cornerbacks, we can talk tackles. I'd like to have a better idea who's on the Dolphins roster mm-hmm. uh, before we really dive too into it. 
uh, and we'll have a better sense of that uh, next week. And and I, I'm I'm thrilled as always to go to the combine. It's a it's a signature event on the, on the calendar. Um, you know, kind of in the weeds, maybe for some fans, you can go and watch them weightlift, right? That's yeah. the only fan engagement. You no, can do. like I'm a gym buff. So I love this sort of thing. Like I'm, <laughs> I watch the combine. I love it. Like, it's just, it's entertaining. It's fun to see who like edges out the other ones. It's fun to see fat guys running like 4.6 in the dash. Like it's crazy. I love watching that stuff. <laughs> So you are a combine junkie, huh? Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it feels like the Olympics to me. And then that's kind of how I learn about the guys coming up in the drafts. Like, the, you know, the guys that do well in those feats are the ones that you kind of remember. And like, that's the whole point, right? It's like their job interview and they're yep. you're trying to make you know, prove themselves. It is the most important job interview of their lives. It truly <laughs> is because they're there for a week. And it's crazy because you go, the most important thing really at the combine is the medical. And that's what no one talks about because they have a, you know, every single player goes through medical screening and any issues that come up, teams are made aware of it. Then they have their own doctors go back and take a second look and all that. So if you have, you know, if you have red flags in your medical, it's going to hurt you from a, mm -hmm. a draft standpoint, uh, you know, draft standpoint. But beyond that, how they comport themselves, not just in the, like the 40, you, you could probably have a pretty good guess of every player, what their 40 times going to be within probably a 10th of a second and all that it's still good to see them perform. And what the 40, 40 does is it, it proves to teams that uh, the players took the process seriously. If they come in out of shape, if they can't run fast, if they don't, they're not good in the drills, it proves to teams that, Hey, maybe this guy wasn't super serious about the process. Mm -hmm. We're kind of beyond that now. I mean, uh, I live down here in South Florida and I think half the draft works out down here. Like they, they pay significant money to these personal trainers to get them to a place where they're able to perform. Sure. Uh, but the interviews are really important too. And you, you get a chance to sit down and get your first, like these GMs, you know, some of them go to some college games, but they're not out like scouts who are, you know, pound the pavement and, and, and spending, you know, their Tuesday night at Louisiana Lafayette to get a sense of the three guys that might be draft worthy. They're not doing that. Like really, it's certainly the coaches aren't doing that. And so this is big picture really starts to come into focus. Um, and how these players handle themselves in these interviews are really important. Very exciting. Very exciting. And as I mentioned, we're going to get a chance to talk to Mike McDaniel for the first time uh, since what, the Tuesday or Wednesday after the season. Ended. Yeah, wow. Really? It has been oh, long, wow. hasn't it? Yeah, there's been a lot of things that have. And you're always you know, up front and center there for all those press conferences. <laughs> Jealous. Annoying. Obnoxious. That's the word. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it's not all fun and games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beasley asked me a stupid question again. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It is. That's who I am. Uh, did you have fun today? I did. I had a great time. I'm looking forward to doing it again. Uh, we will absolutely do this again. I hope to do it next week. I don't know. It might be tough from an equipment standpoint for me getting all this stuff out to Indy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if not next week, certainly the week after. Cool. Sounds and we'll have, we'll have a lot to talk about then because yeah. the uh, franchise te uh, tag deadline will have passed. Free agency mm -hmm. will be a week off. We'll have a real sense of what the Dolphins cap situation will look like. Awesome. Uh, stay tuned. I'm sure the fans will enjoy it. Thanks, Thanks as always for joining. Thank you.